What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Friday Night Chill. This is episode 10. Uh, sorry for the late start tonight. I, uh, I'm, we're we're going to be doing a giveaway. Spoiler alert for later on in the show. Um, and I forgot to make a promo graphic for it. So I was finishing it up before I hopped on here. So, my bad. Uh, <laughs> So, anyway, um, let's get into tonight, man. Uh, hope your guys' week has been good. Uh, mine was, mine was pretty good. Got out of work early today, so that you know that's always nice. Um, tonight we are going to be ranking every season of Power Rangers, at least the TV show. Uh, I am just including like the TV show stuff. I'm not including like the comics or Hyperforce or kind of secondary content, uh, just because, just for the sake of ease. And also like things like Hyperforce, I haven't seen completely yet. I've like started it, but watching Hyperforce is a lot more work than just sitting down and watching a Power Rangers, a regular Power Rangers show. Um, you can listen to it more passively, but you just, I don't know, for me, it's like the audio format I kind of have to be in a mood for. Um, so yeah, anyway, all that to say, it's not going to be, uh, Hyperforce isn't going to be on this uh, tier list. Uh, we are going to be doing a tier list because I feel like that was the easiest uh, thing available to rank stuff like this. Um, so yeah, man, I suppose, let me just make sure everything looks the way I want to. Um, yes, I believe it does. So let's get into it. For, uh, my audio only listeners, if you're listening to this on like Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or Audible or any of those places, um, I am doing this in season order. So going from Mighty Morphin all the way to Dino Fury Season 2. That's where we're capping it. Um, so that way, we're just going to go through each season, rank them, um, and we'll do it that way. That way, if you're just listening to the audio, you can keep track a little easier. So, yeah. So let's pull up the magic tier list that I'm sure you guys have never seen a YouTuber <laughs> do before. Um yeah, I wanted to make my own because um, I don't like using other people's stuff. I want to make my own thing. So I made um, each of these little these little uh, thumbnails, I guess, if you will, with the logo and the Red Ranger. So just so we know what season we're talking about. Um, so yeah, man, let's, let's hold on. Let me... I had some notifications coming in my ear, and I needed to turn those off. <laughs> so let's get into it, all right? Uh, so let's start with... Um, okay, well, let, let, let's, uh, let's break down what tiers we have first. So we have S tier, which is the best of the best. A tier, which is great, I, I think. I don't know how these... Who decided S was better than A? That's what I need to know. These are the questions I have. Sorry. Um, so we have A, which is, like, great. Uh, then you have B, which is, like, I guess, above average. 
Um, C, which would be average, D would be below average, and F would be really bad. Um, let me preface this that I am one of those people that, and I'm not saying this to like brag, uh, but I'm one of those people that can find just about anything positive in a ranger season no matter how bad it's been because the show has definitely gotten bad at points um but i do try and take away something good from each season because i think each season um even if the show's ideas aren't executed the best um it still does add a little something to the series as a whole and i think that's that's partly because everything has been so interconnected for the past 30 years. So that definitely helps. Um, I think for me, it helps make it, makes me be a little bit more forgiving uh, when things are just kind of weird because like the world in Power Rangers is just so freaking big. So, you know, um, you can... If there's something weird that happens, you can kind of, like, explain it with something else later. And the show has done that uh, a few times, actually. So, uh, you know, with things like the Energems, the, um, the Energems, I was going to say the Energems and the Dino Chargers, but those are the same fucking thing. Uh, but, you know, like the Energems, the, uh, Power Stars, that's the other thing I was thinking of, and the Dino Gems inadvertently. Um, you know, in Dino Fury. So, so generally, I do like all Ranger seasons to an extent. There are some that I definitely revisit more than others. So, uh, hello to Don, Don Ranger Power in the chat, and Ray. What's up, guys? Um, we're getting ready to start the tier list. So, let's let's just get into it yeah L enough talking let's let's get into it so we have mighty morphin season one now um season one i don't know now okay so like this is hard because like season one is the catalyst for everything after it right so I think we're just going to go by my initial, my basic feelings overall of the season. And I would say my overall thoughts on MMPR season one is probably like, probably like a B tier. And we'll probably rearrange some stuff as we go, um, just so we can, you know, because maybe I'll like think of something when I'm not, because... Uh, I don't go back and rewatch Mighty Morphin Season 1 that often. I tried doing that, actually, before Once and Always. I tried rewatching the first three seasons, and um, that was really hard. Uh, mostly because Season 1 is just so long. It's 60 episodes, and a lot of them are just copy-paste, a lot of the same plots, which, you know, was the point back then. Um, and really not a whole lot happens unless... Tommy is doing something. That's kind of the whole gist of season one. So, yeah, not a whole lot happens there. Um, now, season two, 
Season two was the season before Once and Always. I hadn't actually rewatched in full in a very, very, very long time. And I, re- I remember it being my least favorite season of MMPR. And I want to say that's still true. So I would probably put season two and probably like C tier. C tier? C tier. Yeah. Because we get, you know, we need Thunderzord power now and all that. But it was just really awkward because, like, they had a bunch of production stuff happen. So, like, half the cast changed. And then Tommy became the White Ranger. And they wanted to use Dire Ranger footage. But they kept the Jew Ranger suits. So a lot of the fights are just the five MMPR Rangers and Tommy in the park reacting to the same like three shots of the monster that they were able to salvage from Die Ranger that didn't have any foot soldiers or any of the Rangers in it. So yeah, it, it season two was kind of rough in comparison to like the other two seasons i think season two was a little bit more rough just because of the awkwardness um hello toto welcome uh now season three season three is when mmpr was the best um do i want to put it in s tier though it's going in a or s i don't i just do not know which because i really like mmpr season three that's when all of the cool stuff that's like when the universe the larger universe of this franchise was established was in this season basically and that's i i love it i love it for that it's the shortest of the three and it's just the most concise i love it i will put it i will put it i will put it in a for now yes um, but yeah, the Ninja Zords were cool. Shogun Zords were cool. The Ninja Ranger forms were super cool. Um, I, I, it just had... Season 3 had so much cool stuff. It gave Kimberly a really good send-off. Um, not, can't really say the same about Aisha, unfortunately. But um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff happened in Season 3. I really enjoy Season 3. It's my favorite season of MMPR. A lot of cool stuff happened. And it's the most similar in scenario to what is going on with cosmic fury right now and so that's kind of why that is what's giving me excitement for cosmic fury is the possibility of it being like season three of mmpr but with more of a budget because that was the biggest thing that always held power rangers back back in the day was budget to do stuff um and this time around, they have a little bit more. They're still using a bit of Sentai footage, obviously, in Cosmic Fury. But um, if it's anything like Season 3 was, I think we're in for some cool stuff, honestly. So uh, so I did uh, count the Alien Rangers as a separate season on this on this tier list. I mostly did that so we would have 30 seasons. If, if i'm honest that's why i did that um i think ordinarily i would rank that with season three i would consider the alien rangers part of season three they were just kind of like a transition 
uh, into Zeo, basically. That's kind of how I see it. It was like the last arc of season three. So, but for the sake of this tier list, we will judge it separately. And if I have to judge it, um, I would put it in C above season two. It's mid, but a little bit better because they had all the stuff going on with the Zeo crystal and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Tedo said, season three confused me when it aired because I would have been about five or so and I had no idea that the movie was a separate continuity. Watched that too many times. Ah, you know, I think, I think the movie kind of fucked up people's appreciation of season three because whenever anyone remembers MMPR and the ninja, the ninja stuff, it's always the movie and never the show, even though I th think all the stuff with the ninja powers in season three was way better than how they handled it in the movie <laughs> so yeah that i don't know it, it's kind of like a a blessing and a curse like i'm happy so many people remember the original movie but it's just like yeah but you know they did ninja stuff in the in the show too right and it wasn't like there wasn't dulcia there wasn't any of that it wasn't ivan ooze it wasn't any of that it was a lot cooler than that <laughs> so but anywho, uh, moving on, moving on. We have Zeo next. Now, I'm going to be honest. I cannot remember the last time I actually sat down and rewatched Zeo. It has been a hot minute. Now, Zeo has a great theme song. It has probably the best intro uh, in terms of like the pilot pretty much ever i i don't think really anything has come close to that magnitude since because i mean the show was just very different it was a big step for the franchise you know actually taking the leap and changing the suits so it, it was really that that pilot really encapsulates that you know the series was be was beginning to evolve and going into the next generation and stuff and that was really cool so, like, a Zeo beginning, fantastic. Uh, the stuff with Trey and the Gold Ranger, super cool. The little mystery with that, super cool. Um, wish it could have been Billy somehow, but, you know, obviously, shit happened. And um, that didn't work out. Um, but the thing about Zeo is it just, for having such a strong opening, it just ends like very unceremoniously like it, it's kind of like and it kind of just goes through the motions if i'm honest aside from a few hand-picked episodes here and there you know i feel like you kind of like have a general subplot involving billy just kind of like moving on from ranger stuff and like kind of like becoming into his own and or becoming it uh, coming into his own you know just kind of like as a young adult figuring out that he's more valuable to the team you know outside of just the ranger stuff he you know is really smart with technology and all that stuff there's a bunch of stuff with him helping the equations and um you know a lot of cool stuff happening there and, and then you start branching out more into the universe with trey and you know introducing triforia and all that stuff and even incorporating the uh, incorporating the alien rangers into all that stuff which i think is really cool 
But you, you go through all of that, and those are just a handful of episodes here and there. And a lot of it just generally, from my recollection anyway, is just MMPR, but everyone's a little bit older. And the situations are a little bit more complex than they were before. That was kind of my impression. Um, they weren't, the Rangers weren't as squeaky clean as they were back in MMPR. That's, that was kind of my impression. And then it just kind of ends with Jason not being able to maintain the gold power anymore. And then they just bring Trey back so they can do one final fight in Ranger form without the Megazord. I don't know. The way it ended, like, did not match the grand entrance it got. And that always really bugged me about Zeo. And, like, it didn't help that the next thing that happened after it aired was the Turbo movie. And, like, yeah. So, I mean, that... that The whole thing is just kind of weird. And Anyway, all that to say, I think I'll put it in C for now. But I think I might be lower than that, if I'm honest. Because I love the I love the pilot, but I don't know if that's enough to carry it for me. So we'll put it there. We'll put it above season two for now. Season two is probably going to end up at the bottom of this list at, by the end of it. Uh, so anyway, moving on, we have Turbo. <sighs> okay, so... Turbo is really half and half. And really, when you're ranking... I feel like when you're ranking Turbo, you need to split it into two. Because when Tommy and the others are still there, it is such a different show than when TJ and everyone else shows up. Um, The first half is really hard to watch. It's very repetitive with the detonator plots. They were really grasping at straws. You could, like just kind of like feel that they kind of exhausted everything that they wanted to do or that they could do with these characters. Uh, And it was really just kind of like time for a refresh because once TJ and everyone else gets there, the show gets really good. At least I like it a lot. So, and then you get like the best... Well, one of the best finales uh, with Chase into Space. A lot of cool stuff happening, but yeah. And then, like, the Sentai being Car Ranger, like, really didn't help. There are, like, way more goofier things happening. Like, weird Sentai mannerisms that just kind of carry over into the show that just kind of don't make a whole lot of sense. I don't want to rank it this low, but I'm going to put it in D tier. So we'll, we'll do that for now. Well, again, we can always move these things around. Now, next is space. And space space is going to go in S tier. I don't think that's really a surprise to anyone. If um, you know me at all, um, you know that space is one of my favorite seasons. Um, it constantly goes back and forth between that and another one we will talk about later. Um, but yeah. Space is just such a good conclusion for six years worth of world building. You know, it could have... 
I think it could have been way cooler if they were able to actually incorporate all of the previous Rangers that came before them. They really tried, you know, production really tried doing what they could with, like, you know, working in the Alien Rangers, Phantom Ranger, Blue Centurion, into, like, Countdown to Destruction. But, like, we had stuff like Adam popping back in, um, Justin coming in, and I feel like it would have been really impactful if some of those guys could have also came back for the finale. I f- feel like that would have been a really good way to just kind of end that those six years, especially when, you know, you think at what at one point this was going to be the end of Power Rangers. Oh, there we go. Said it. Uh, let's get the Twitter threads going. Uh, but you know, it, it is weird to think that this at one point this was going to be the end of it which um you know if it had that certainly would have been a cool way to go out and it put a nice bow on everything and yeah man it's just cool a lot of copy uh copied plots from mega ranger more than i realized because i've been i've been uh, watching mega ranger for the first time i knew they copied plot points that wasn't lost on me but i did not realize just how many made their way into space uh, but what, what I appreciate about space is that they did copy plots, but they did, uh, change enough of it to make it interesting. And they also really incorporated it to fit, um, what they were doing with their main story, which I thought was really cool. Not all the time, but sometime. Um, but yeah, I really like space. Next up is Lost Galaxy. Now, I fucked with Lost Galaxy hard as a kid. I loved Lost Galaxy. Uh, you know, every every little queer boy's gay awakening is when Leo rips his shirt off in the middle of the desert just to morph right after doing so. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I really liked Lost Galaxy. I rewatched that probably like a year ago year or two ago probably 2021 i I rewatched it um it didn't hold up as much as i thought it would um but i still really i think part of it is i have a lot of nostalgia for it because i think space and lost galaxy are kind of like my peak childhood memories of power rangers uh i never dipped out of the franchise i always like was watching it i haven't like you know stepped away from it and then come back like like maybe i did a little bit in my teen years but it was very short lived it was like maybe like months and then i would come back and check in on it um but yeah uh lost galaxy was like peak childhood memories for me um so i really like it um, but for the sake of this list, we're gonna put it, do I like it more than season three? I don't think I like it more than season three because there are, we're, we're gonna put it in A tier. Uh, I don't like it more than season three though, because like there are some weird, there are some weird, like just kind of little plot things and stuff. And also the whole Lost Galaxy arc really felt like that could have been part of more of the show because i don't know it just seemed like at the last minute they really decided it seemed like at the last minute they wanted to do the lost galaxy arc with captain mutiny and all that so that way they could burn through 
a bunch of extra Sentai footage that they had. So that way they could do a big grand finale, which was cool. But because they were in the Lost Galaxy for... I think it's like eight episodes they're in the Lost Galaxy. Trakina isn't in the Lost Galaxy the whole time. It's just Captain Mutiny they're fighting the whole time. So by the time they escape the Lost Galaxy... Um, Trakina's been doing nothing for eight episodes and it's just the finale and she's just like had it I guess so it's just kind of awkward Um, they did a lot of cool stuff in this in the show you know like with Kendrick's and uh, you know Caron's redemption Um, a lot of cool stuff um, continuity wise but yeah there, there were some weird things in there that just like didn't age as well as I thought they would. Still really enjoyed it, though. Still a fun time. Uh, Lightspeed Rescue. Now, everyone on Twitter knows that I always give Lightspeed Rescue shit. Now, despite that, okay, uh, I want you all to understand that growing up, I had so much Lightspeed Rescue shit. (laughs) Okay. Had the Rescue Blaster. I had the Rescue Bird. uh, I had the rescue megazord the super train megazord the super train megazord was like my playground clout as a kid like when i went to daycare i brought like the super train in there one like a couple times and every kid in there lost their fucking mind because of how big it was and then i had the rescue vehicles inside of it like i i was untouchable you know i was i was, I was so popular so i had those I had the Max Solar Zord. I actually got the Max Solar Zord twice because I had an aunt that lived out of state get me it too. It was just one of those things where like they didn't really ask like my dad or anything if I had it. They were just like, oh, this is Power Rangers. William will like it, which is a fair assumption to make. Um, so I had two Max Solar Zords. Uh, the only one I did not have or never got was the Omega Megazord. But that changed a few months ago when uh, Reggie over on Twitter at RKOOOs. Reggie, I can't remember your Twitter handle. But anyway, Reggie over on Twitter, uh, he's on the Bugs to Men podcast with Gary. Um, he, he was getting rid of his. And I was able to get it. It was just missing the little staff or the rocket thing. And I didn't really care that much about that. Uh, so I, I grabbed it. It was in great shape. And now it's with all of my um, GoGo5 mini plot. So now it's like the reverse has happened. So because my a lot of my childhood PR toys have just kind of been like lost to time. Or s- different storage units and things of that nature. Um so yeah i don't know if if the the light speed stuff is in a storage unit or not but maybe it is but i haven't seen it in at least a decade so um now i just have the mini plot versions of everything except the omega megazord so kind of like the opposite has happened as an adult so it's weird how that works um What's up, Not Ultra? Welcome. We're on Lightspeed Rescue. Um, and I was ta- I was going on a tangent, basically just talking about how I had all the fucking toys for this thing. Last thing I'll mention. 
<laughs> the last thing I'll mention for, for toys. Because honestly, I had so many toys from this fucking season, let me tell you. Part part of the perks, in quote-unquote, of being a child of divorce is that uh, I, I think my parents just kind of, like, bought me toys. I think more so my dad, just to kind of, like, make it up to me. Like, kind of out of guilt. Um, and also, I was kind of, like, an only child until, like, I was, like, nine. So, I kind of had that going for me. So, I, I was kind of spoiled in that regard, if I'm honest. Um... So I got a lot of toys. Um, so I got, I think it was one of the Battleizer figures. I got the bike one, but I got it for Chad, not Carter. So like the, you know, the bike, the Trans Armor Cycle. Yeah, I got that for Chad, but not for Carter. Um, and then I think like the last big thing is they had like this giant, they used to do giant mega packs of like all six Rangers that would come with like their signature weapons. It was fantastic. It was great. And I got one of all six Rangers. So, and they had like lights in the lights in the helmet or whatever. And I remember, I remember swapping their arms around, um, because the arms, all they could do was just like go up and down. They didn't have like outward, um, shoulder motion. So it was just kind of like a ball joint and I would like pull them off and have them swap arms for some reason. You're not supposed to do that. That wasn't like a feature advertised. I was just a child playing with toys, I guess. Um, but yeah, anyway, all that to say, I had a lot of fucking Lightspeed toys, okay? Let me tell you. Um, so even though I talk shit about it constantly, um, you know, I, I definitely liked the toys of it. Some of my favorites growing up. Like, the whole theme, super cool. Had a fun time. Um, that being said... I would, we'll put it in, we'll put it in B above Mighty Morphin Season 1, okay? And I feel like that's kind of high, but I'm going to do it, okay? Cool. <laughs> so, um, but I did, I actually did rewatch that recently too. I, I, there are a lot of cool stuff in there. Ryan is cool in concept, like, he... They really tried that, but I don't know if it worked the best because he was there for a handful of episodes and then he's like, all right, guys, I got to go run off into the desert in Southern California to find a way to seal the demons. I don't know. The, the whole thing with Ryan was kind of weird. Um, it was kind of the same type of thing where like he disappears for like a lot of the show so that way he could come back in the finale and be useful. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Let's go to Time Force. Okay, now, Time Force. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ray's got it. Oh, Joel, you're such a hot dog. I love Joel. Joel's the best. Everyone goes off about Carter, goes on and on about Carter. And Joel is the, Joel is right there. He is the best character in that fucking show. One of the best Rangers ever. That's, like, not even up for debate. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we have Time Force. Okay. I think... Now, this might be controversial. I'm sure it will be. I don't think Time Force is that good. I really don't think so. I rewatched... This is probably one of the seasons I've rewatched most recently. And I gotta tell you guys, it's not that interesting. 
it it is not very interesting um not ultra asks just wondering are you interested in seeing our tier list at the end or not sure i mean if you can if you can find a way to send those to me we can we can go over them real quick um i forgot to link the one i'm using let me tweet it can i tweet that while i'm working on it i should be able to right uh Sorry, you're going to watch me do this in real time. Uh, <laughs> how do I do this? I should just be able to copy the, the link, yeah? Guys, being 30 is hard. I feel like technology doesn't come as easy to me as it used to. And that sucks ass. <laughs> um... I don't want to open a new Twitter tab because I'm afraid there will be porn on the timeline. <laughs> Hold on. Let me do it on my other screen. Okay. I just tweeted it, so we should be good now. Cool? Cool. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to follow along, I just tweeted it. So, I did not post it. I tweeted it. Okay, bitch. Anyway, <laughs> Let, let's, let's move along. Uh, so, anyway, Time Force, like I was saying. It Okay, Colin is in here just trying to die on this hill. Okay, Time Force is a perfect season of television. Cancel every movie, burn every book. It is truly more perfect than God. No, absolutely not. It is not that good. Okay, here's my problem. The sh every character... There's so many more forget forgettable characters in Time Force than there are memorable ones. The show is about Wes, Jen, and Eric. Sometimes Rancic, but that's it. And Lucas, Jen, or Lucas, Katie, and Trip don't do fuck all. They get nothing. They get absolutely nothing to work with. They try giving them a, a couple episodes here and there. But the show focuses so hard on Wes, Jen, and Eric that the half the team gets lost in the shuffle. And it's... What's the point? <laughs> you know? Like, the the um, Sins of the Future, the, the Boom comic that takes place, you know, after Time Force or whatever, they even make a joke about it where, like, they say... Trip, Katie, and Lucas don't really, they don't know anything about them because they don't do anything. And, like, uh, from what I understand of Time Ranger, the Time Ranger freaking counterparts got more to do. So I don't understand if they, because this is the time when they were basically starting to translate Sentai more verbatim. So I don't know why, when they were, you know, translating Sentai scripts, why they just decided to not freaking do anything with lucas katie and trip made no fucking sense and then even still even with not focusing on those three at all the main characters still aren't very interesting because people will go on and on about how jen is great because she's the first female leader okay cool yes that was a great that was great for her to shatter that glass ceiling right and become I mean, even though we had Delphine for 
you know, years prior, but this was like the first full-time, you know, female leader on the team. I understand that. That's great. I love that. But my thing is, Jen's entire character is based on her relationships with the men in her life. She doesn't get to have her own personality outside of being a Time Force officer, being uh, Alex's girlfriend, or widow, or whatever, and then, like, trying to have a thing with Wes. I don't know. It just, it doesn't really work for me. It's not bad. Like, the show isn't, like, unwatchable or anything like that. It's just boring, I think. It's not very interesting. The Zords are okay. I had a lot of those, too. Um... I mean, to be fair, it was a pretty easy line to collect. I'm pretty sure... I think they had three Megazords? Yeah, they had three Megazords. No, four with the Transwarp Megazord. So they had four Megazords all season. Um, it was a cool concept, doing Megazord Mode Red and Mode Blue. That was really cool. A triple changer, basically, for Megazords. I would love a, a thing like that again. Um, I don't think they, they will try it, though, because... From my understanding, from at least what Twitter likes to say, Time Ranger was a big flop. In terms of toy sales, so they probably will steer away from doing something like that anytime soon. Um, even though it's been 23 years. <laughs> but anyway, so I, yeah, it's, Time Force isn't bad, it's just not interesting. I think when, when you go down the line of like that era of Power Rangers, I just think every other season besides it just outshines it. Even Lightspeed Rescue, and that's coming from me. So I am going to put uh time force i'll put it above z am i putting it above alien rangers in c tier no i like alien rangers more so it's going above zl and above season two but below alien rangers okay it's just perfectly average it's perfectly balanced cool now wild force okay Oh my god, we're 44 minutes in and I'm only on Wild Force. <laughs> I think we're gonna, I think this is gonna be a long one tonight, guys. I'm sorry, I, I'm gonna get rambly here. So, hope you're, hope you're ready for a nice little long, longer stream, longer episode. Uh, Wild Force. I really like Wild Force. Um, I think... I think we'll put Wild Force up in B... We will put it above Lightspeed Rescue. Yeah. So we're going to put it at the top of B tier um, above Lightspeed and Season 1 of MMPR. Um, Zords were all super cool. Suits were great. Um, we got a lot of cool characters in it. Um, t okay. Another, another thing I want to go on. I have another little tangent. Okay. Taylor. Taylor is a better version of Jen's character. Okay? Because Taylor is the leader of the team. She's the leader actually longer than Cole is, if you think about it. Because I, I believe she's the leader for two years. Because she, she's the first one who becomes a Wild Force Ranger. And she is for two years before they find Cole. Which is always kind of weird to think about. Um... And I just felt like what they wanted to do with Jen was so much 
was executed so much better with Taylor. Yeah. Anyway, because like, I feel like at, at their core they're the same type of character, but Taylor didn't have any of the melodrama that Jen did with any of the men in her life. They had a cool little uh, romance thing with Eric and the Time Force team up, which was super cool. Honestly, that that worked. And honestly, when you thought about how the characters acted, it made a whole lot of sense that they would kind of like have a thing for each other or kind of like the enemies to lovers kind of thing. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Ray mentioned Kite ruined it for him. Kite is a fair diss on this season because Kite... I, I don't know. I, Kite seemed kind of stupid for being who he was. You know what I mean? It seemed like Kite shouldn't have been so easily manipulated. Um, so I will agree. That is kind of like a disappointing part of the season was Kite. Um, a lot of cool stuff, though. Um, just so many cool things. Uh, the music, especially. Um, I feel like they really gave Wild Force its own unique score. It had some sameness that the Saban Entertainment seasons had, you know, like from Lost Galaxy to Time Force. But there was uh, some kind of like poppiness in some of them and uh, some more like jungle-themed type of, you know, melodies in there or at least sounding, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, like the music fit the tone or fit the theme of the show a little bit more than previous seasons had. Um, I thought that was really cool. They they kind of got their own, their most unique uh, scoring out of that time on Power Rangers. Okay, so now that's the first Saban era done. So let's go into the Disney era. The Disney era, y'all. Ooh, good. This is like this is like peak. Okay, so we got we got Ninja Storm, man. We got Ninja Storm. I think Ninja Storm, is it going in S tier? It's going to go in S tier. Ninja Storm is going to go below space, but uh, Ninja Storm is like is like a comfy blanket, man. I love rewatching Ninja Storm. It is just, it is the season of Power Rangers, I think, that is so easy for me to rewatch. Because I can just throw an episode on. And I will say... The entire season overall doesn't have a lot of, like, you know, um, through lines of, like, a overall plot. You know, they have, like, the whole thing of, like, trying to get the captured ninja students back and all that. But, it you know, every episode is very... I mean, the entire series is very episodic, really. Uh, and so it just kind of really makes it easy to watch. Um, and just the tone is just kind of cool. I was kind of like... I, I, I want to say I was like 12 when this show aired. So it was like, you know, motocross and all that stuff. So like preteen type of stuff. And I, I don't know. It just felt like the perfect time and the perfect vibe for for that time in my life. I don't know. It was just so cool. I It's one of my favorites. I really love it. Um, Cam is, after my most current rewatch of Ninja Storm, yeah, Cam is my favorite Power Ranger, period um yeah love ninja storm we love her she's great dino thunder 
another banger, everyone, okay? Like, Disney, like, came out the gates swinging with their shows, okay? Because Dino Thunder is going back in S-tier again. It's going to go above Ninja Storm, but it's going below space. Dino Thunder is the perfect... I, I would venture to say it is the perfect tone for Power Rangers to have. It is perfect. It does enough meta humor it does enough um you know drama and comedy it balances everything so well it's just a great watch like consistently i'm not it it, just like ninja storm i feel like i can go into it with any episode and just kind of get lost in it and just kind of enjoy it um it does have a few more like um plots happening there is more plot centric stuff happening you know with trent and anton mercer and all that fun stuff um and the the ending could have been a little bit better i feel like it it was kind of a cop-out doing the whole mezzo monster thing but goddamn man uh like this this cast these characters what what it did for tommy's character just kind of cementing him as this like overarching ranger mentor like there's just no season that has come since that has been quite like it. And it's honestly, it's just so peak. It's so good. It's so good. Because I, I feel like when you're trying to introduce someone who's never seen Power Rangers into Power Rangers, Dino Thunder is a great latching on point because I feel like it captures everything that makes Power Rangers what it is, like, to a T. And... It doesn't, it's not ashamed of being what it is. That's my thing. Because, um, you know, there, uh, Abba Ranger had a lot of, like, wacky uh, Sentai elements to it. And they incorporated those in different ways. You know, with, like, the whole Lost in Translation thing. You know, where they, you know, cut in the Abba Ranger episode. Which is, you know, that was a cool thing. Um, but the way they incorporated some of that, like, wacky humor into, like, how into like more serious settings it kind of it worked um and when it didn't they kind of weren't afraid to make fun of those things so you know yeah dino thunder is great dino thunder is so good i love it i love it i love it i love it it. (laughs) dino thunder is great now spd okay great um again another banger another banger i don't know if i like it as much um i think we're still gonna put it in s tier but we're gonna put it at the bottom of s tier because i think overall for the show i didn't when i rewatched spd i didn't like it as much as i thought i would have i thought i was gonna vibe with it more um I think, like, towards the tail end, it kind of, like, loses some stuff. Because, like, they wanted to do bigger things, but they just weren't able to because they didn't have the budget. So they kind of were, like, scraping stuff together so that way they could figure out, you know, ways to get a good ending. And I think the ending we got overall was okay. Um, It was kind of weird, Jack leaving SPD. I don't think Jack should have left SPD. That was kind of just random. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah, it just seemed kind of random that he left SPD to go 
help out this rich chick or whatever she was. I, I can't remember. But yeah, um, it wasn't as great. But what I like about SPD was just the aesthetic. SPD has some of my favorite aesthetics of the entire series. Um, just with the way things were shot. They really experimented with shooting things in different ways, with different lighting, and just using uh, scenery to like kind of set a back, um, to just kind of like set a tone for what they wanted to do. Um, yeah, the aesthetics of SPD are something I really, really like. Um, and that's kind of why it's so, it ranks so high for me. And just kind of like the larger world implications of like Space Patrol Delta and all that stuff. It's just super cool. I really liked it. Um, yeah, Toto brings a good point. 2025 seems so far away back then. Oh, well. Yeah, I remember when the first promos for the show uh, were starting to go on JetX. And um, they didn't decide on what year they wanted to do at the time. Um, so it was 2020. Which, you know, is fun. It is weird to think about. Well, what's also weird to think about that, it, you know, with it, you know, taking place in the future, quote unquote, when it aired, is early 2000s fashion cycling back into fashion now, around that time. And I think that part is just like really funny. Like, that, that's one thing I think is really funny. Like, it was just far out enough where, um, you know, they could you could see the, the cycle of trends come back. Because I, I thought as a kid, like, you know, growing up, especially when uh, once DVDs started showing up around that, that time, um, you know, I didn't think around 2025 that we'd be talking about like things like vinyl players or vinyl record players or vhs tapes um but the whole th thing with physical media has become such a niche collector's market um they're still kind of around in a way so like some of that stuff um unintentionally uh translated and aged better than i thought it would if i'm honest with like some of the ways they use technology and stuff so and toto has a good point too um the theme and the morphing theme not not ultra mentioned the morphing theme that is great the music the score in spd super great love it uh, especially the little fight the um, little fight guitar riff thing that that that's very descriptive i'm very good at describing things there there's a fight track that they use in the series it's one of my favorites okay moving on to mystic force um mystic force is definitely overhated i remember um i think was mystic force on when I was on Twitter, I think it was right before I got on Twitter. I think I want to say Jungle Fury and RPM is around the time I got on Twitter. Um, and so Mystic Force, what I remember a lot about that season from at least the online perspective, I think a lot of it came from Ranger Board. And at the time, uh, Ranger Board really d dug into this season. I didn't really care for it too much. Um, 
But uh, I, I don't know, man. I rewatched it. I thought it was fine. I think it was definitely not as strong as the seasons that came before it. If I'm honest, if if I'm totally honest, and I think part of that is just kind of like the whole magic aesthetic. Um, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I don't think fantasy um, themes are really my vibe. I'm I'm kind of more of like a tech. Like I I really dig more tech based seasons. So I think that's kind of why Ninja Storm, SPD, Space. I think it's that's why that stuff resonates with me a little bit more. Just because I generally like those aesthetics for Rangers and just kind of Toku in general. And but um, when I rewatched it, I. There were a lot of cool lore things in there. And I really think... Um, and I, I think the comics have explored it a little bit. Um, you know, with the whole thing with Mystic Mother being Rita. A um, lot of cool stuff in there to explain all of the magic in this universe. Um, I really felt like they could have delved in a little deeper on it. I just don't think they were able to because of just probably budgetary things um, but a lot of cool stuff in there uh, a lot of great side characters i will say that uh mystic force probably doesn't have the strongest main cast of any ranger season if i'm honest but the side characters really make the show for me you have phineas um you have claire uh, udon well udon is a ranger slash side character um fantastic side characters i think that really kind of just immerse you more into the world and it just kind of gives you a different perspective to see the story happen because i feel like a lot of times you're just kind of like seeing the the story play out through the rangers perspective but i really feel like seasons like mystic force with having as many side characters as they did really gave you an opportunity to see what everything the rangers do looks like from the perspective of different characters which i thought was really cool so, that being said, um, I would probably put Mystic Force in probably B tier. Um, we'll put it. We'll put it above Lightspeed Rescue, but below Wild Force. Yeah, so that's what we'll do there. <sighs> okay, here we go. Operation Overdrive. <laughs> the season everyone loves to hate. And that I inadvertently love to defend. Uh, <laughs> like, I am always, like, defending this season. Um, I rewatched it in 2020. And I think it just gets weight. I think the time it came out, it was probably the worst Power Rangers had ever been at the time i think the show has gotten significantly worse in certain areas since and by comparison uh overdrive uh on rewatch has aged so much better uh yeah so um a lot of cool stuff happening in overdrive uh multiple villain factions that's super cool. Um, that was a really unique element that, you know, Rangers really hadn't done before. And I don't think they've really done since. And that was such a unique element. 
Um, it was kind of like the whole Rangers for Hire thing, so they didn't really have secret identities. That part was cool. Um, you had a really cool through line with the Corona Aurora plot and the, you know, the, the jewels. Pretty much every season mentions the crown at some point in it which i think is really cool because i don't think any season since has really done that where they are consistently remembering okay we have this many episodes and we're gonna we're gonna treat every episode as if it matters um even once a ranger the the you know the anniversary special um moves the overall plot of the show forward by giving the sentinel knight you know the the sword body and all that stuff so um and you know speaking of it has once a ranger um i think still yeah i think still the best anniversary uh team up the show proper has ever done um i like it a little bit more because people might think I'm, I'm comparing it to Once and Always, but I feel like Once and Always is just kind of like in its own bubble because it's not like a regular anniversary special like we've had before. So I think in comparison to like anniversary team-ups like we've had in the past, um, you know, with like Dimensions in Danger, Forever Red, stuff like uh, grid connection i guess even though that's not really an anniversary it's just bad um yeah so when you compare it with those i would say once a ranger is one of my favorites it brought back some of my favorite rangers from just kind of my favorite era of power rangers and um just kind of gave them a cool two episodes and yes i like it even though the rangers quit because you know what the rangers learned their lesson and realized they shouldn't have done that and then they they come back and help once they have their powers back anyway um so all that being said it's still not great love the zords love the aesthetic it's a tech aesthetic so like i really like it but in terms of like the show it's still a lot of cool stuff in it it's just not one of my favorites overall I, I just think it gets way more hate than it deserves. Still, I'm putting it in D tier above Turbo. See, guys, this is why I'm so... I feel like this is why I'm kind of annoying with Ranger stuff. Because I just went on that whole ass tangent about how I don't really like Overdrive. Or how I like don't mind Overdrive. And I still put it in D tier. With Time Force above it, of all things. Which is weird. But I don't know if I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, moving on. Jungle Fury. Okay. Um I have tried on multiple occasions to rewatch Jungle Fury and I can't get into it. I don't know what it is. I love RJ. RJ is one of the great one of the best rangers, I think. But that season overall and also has the Spirit Rangers, you know, our first um you know, full team of American Rangers. A lot of cool stuff in there. But, I don't know. There's some really rough stuff in there. The ADR feels a little bit rough in this season. A lot of the Rangers' dialogue when they're morphed is just them yelling. So that way they can hold their accent. And it's just, it's not great, if I'm honest. 
Casey has a lot of cringeworthy stuff going on with him. Um, Jared's kind of like villain motivations are pretty fucking dumb, generally. And yeah, it, 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 it kind of goes back to that whole thing of like, it's more of like a mystical element. A lot of cool stuff in there with the Paishwa and the Order of the Claw. Um, I don't know how it got by the casting directors for this show, but everyone in this show except for Theo and Master Mao are white in the Kung Fu season. And that's kind of just weird looking back on that, you know? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I would have expected just, like, something a little bit more. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. So, I don't really vibe with Jungle Fury too much. It has a, it has some stuff in there that I like with, like, RJ and, like, um, you know, fun characters like Flit. But, uh, as, and even some of the music is, is good. I really like the music that plays when the uh, Jungle Master Modes debut. That was great. Um, and then, but you also have to consider when Jungle Fury was airing, this was when the writer's strike happened, like, years and years ago, the first one, well, not the first one ever, but the last, you know, one in recent history, um, so they kinda had to piece together some stuff at the end, cause I think it was, like, the writers left, I think, in the middle of the spirit ranger arc and they came back like right before the finale so yeah it, it was it was it was a little rough in there so it's not one of my favorites if i'm honest uh we'll put jungle fury do i want to put it in f that seems harsh but honestly i can't remember the last time i rewatched an episode i think jungle fury is going to be our first f guys I did it. It's there. Oh, shit. It's there. <laughs> okay. Next up. Um, next up. Is going to be RPM. All right. RPM. Y'all know where this is going, right? Like, you have to know. If you've seen RPM, you know where it's going, right? It's going in S tier, baby. And the one I was mentioning earlier that like flip flops with space all the time. Yeah, it's RPM, man. Um, today, it's going on top. Okay? <laughs> today is going on top. It is going peak Power Rangers today. Um, man, this show, man. Um, RPM, that was like the pinnacle, I think that's like the pinnacle of my fandom in in Power Rangers. Um, this came out 2009, so I would have been 16 or so. And I was already on Twitter. Colin, what do you, oh, okay. It, you were saying it can go any higher than A. I'm like, dude, it's an S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is a shame it can't go any higher. Um, but yeah, man, RPM was like peak 
fandom experience for me. Like, it was kind of like my first immersion into, like, getting behind-the-scenes details about a a Ranger series before it aired. And just the circumstances surrounding this production were so different. Um, You know, it was supposed to be the end of the show again. (laughs) But, um, you know, because Disney was done with Power Rangers. They didn't want to do anything with it anymore. They were just trying to fulfill some contracts, some odds and ends they had left with, uh, I think, Jetix Europe or something like that. And so we got just kind of a, just an all out creativity banger of a season um you know i wish we could have seen eddie gazellian's um full-on vision for what he wanted rpm to be so it is disappointing that he did um get let go or he quit or you know whatever happened and then chip Lynn came in i think what chip did was chip did was fine but it ended up just kind of being a rehash of Astronomy and Andros again, which was a little disappointing. I feel like uh, Eddie had something a little bit more unique in mind, and so it was a little bit disappointing. Uh, Colin asked uh, which RPM demo was my favorite. Um, I think I like. I think generally I like the main theme m- the most out of all of the the themes for rpm that exist um it's really interesting that one of the guys from ninja sex party um did the demo themes and he's like a youtuber now and like he talks about you know making some of the music or getting asked to make demos for power rangers sometimes i that's super interesting um but probably my favorite out of the demo themes is probably that um that kind of like pop punk one or it's like this is the last stand for humanity power rangers yeah toto's got it yeah 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 that one that one's my favorite uh of the rpm demos uh but i think generally i like people say they don't like the rpm theme song i'm like how the fuck do you not like the rpm theme song it's so easy it's power rangers rpm getting gear we stand together like how do you how do you hate that it's so easy and it's a banger you're just headbanging for like 45 seconds it's terrific um but yeah man uh especially i think i rewatched um yeah i rewatched it earlier this year because they um they uploaded it onto youtube so i got to rewatch it oh man ah god it's so good it's so good it just gets what it it's it does the same things Dino Thunder does, um, and maybe it could go back and forth on which one did it better. But I think RPM just like is just unapologetically Power Rangers. It, it again, it's it does what it wants to do regardless of how silly the Sentai footage is being. It just tells the story it wants to tell. And it does it with whatever it has. And I think that is like, it just encapsulates what I love so much about Power Rangers. It it just does whatever it wants. It doesn't worry about what the Sentai is doing. It will use it 
it will use it because you know it's a resource that they have but it what the show does isn't dependent on the footage that they're using right and toto mentions i appreciate how it goes darker but the heroes are still heroes so like yeah it goes darker and the thing that kind of bothers me is like the language that we use when we describe that whole tone type of thing because people describe it as like more adult or whatever and i don't think that's a that's an accurate description because when i rewatched this and even back in the day i didn't feel like it was this this big you know serious super serious um you know adult show i think what it did and it's something i wish power rangers did more often is just take itself seriously and i i think that's the key i think that's what pe more people want to see when they talk about power rangers being more adult i think what they're actually looking for i think they're actually looking for the show to take itself seriously and just like move forward with having a dramatic plot and not have to worry about toning it down for a an audience of children you know and not like trying to talk down to them they're just like we want to tell this story we're gonna do it and we're gonna crack a few jokes here and there we're gonna have some serious moments um we are gonna have some more dramatic elements because there is you know that more all-encompassing uh feeling of you know death uh surrounding everything because you know it's the apocalypse but um i would say tonally it still fits in what power rangers generally is but it takes itself seriously so you don't mind it as much and that's and that's just one person that's just my opinion on it um that yeah so uh mega rock man 99 says which is what i feel cosmic fury is about to give i hope that's the case um you know especially with how much simon talks about it on twitter or just social media in general i'm hoping that's going to be the case for cosmic fury um where they just like just buckle down um you know tell the story they want to tell in the 10 episodes that cosmic fury has and they just go all out man they just focus on telling uh the story that they want in 10 episodes they just are unapologetically power rangers i think that's when power rangers is at its best is when it doesn't apologize or try and make fun of itself too much for being what it is that's when i feel like power rangers is at its best rpm is like the perfect example of that oh my god um i need to is my coffee still over there my coffee is still over there i am parched i have been talking for an hour straight give me like five seconds okay you're gonna see my backdrop all right so that is the end of the disney era and now we go into the Neo Saban slash Hasbro era. Man, okay. <laughs> Alright, so we have Samurai. Alright. Now, here's the thing with Samurai. Samurai is just basically Shinkenger 
but with Americans, right? Like we all, we all know that we have all accepted that. Um, and this is the first, uh, season where I watched the Sentai before the season came out. Uh, cause Shinkenger was my first Sentai show that I watched when it came out in 2009. Um, so that was an interesting experience because I got to see how we used Sentai footage for the first time. I, I started to see that a little bit in RPM because, you know, this is when fan subs were kind of getting into my, uh, community spaces online. Um, but, um... Yeah, it was just, it was different this time around. And it was very disappointing. Um, just because, you know, RPM was just such a, it was the, it was the pinnacle of Power Rangers evolution over 17 years. And then to see Saban you know, rebuy the franchise and reboot it, but do like a hard reboot and just go back to old practices for the sake of being cheap. It was just so incredibly disappointing um, at the time as a fan. It was really, really disappointing. I will say though, on rewatch, Samurai more so super samurai is better um than you know i initially remember it being it's just very disappointing when you consider what came right before it and it was just such a just kind of kicking the balls really after just kind of you know just kind of because when rpm was ending it isn't it wasn't the end of Power Rangers conversation that happens today on Twitter. It wasn't. Um, it was kind of a thing where everyone was sad Power Rangers was ending, for sure. But it didn't really matter because everyone really liked RPM generally, at least in the circles that I kept up with. And it was just such a great way to send off the franchise that it, we didn't really mind that it was ending. I'm hoping that's the case with Cosmic Fury, uh, since we are getting ready to go on this break. Um, but, yeah, so, like, even though RPM was, like, the end of Power Rangers at a point in time, it, it was a time where, like, it didn't really matter, because, like, we were just so content with what we had that we were just kind of able to accept that. And then we hear about Power Rangers being bought by Haim Saban again. And it's like, oh shit, really? And then he's like, all right, we're going to, you know, do a hard relaunch of the entire brand. And to his credit, the re relaunch of Samurai was successful. I, I want to say it got more eyes on the franchise than had been on it in a very long time. That I would say Samurai is Gen Z's MMPR basically um because i mean if you look on twitter a lot of the ranger fans in their early 20s samurai was their first season of power rangers and that makes sense because samurai despite you know everything surrounding it you know being a copy paste of shinkenger with you know weird plot points altered 
it was still a lot of people's first and that's how a lot of people remember it and you know you got to give it credit for that you know Haim Saban definitely did a good job with the marketing that's that's one thing I will give that man props for um he got eyes on the brand for at least the first few years uh that he had the franchise back uh we would see that dwindle um but yeah, anyway, um, but overall with Samurai, you know, a lot of cool stuff in here. We get Lauren, our first, like, good female Red Ranger. Um, so a lot of cool stuff happening in there. We get the uh, Clash of the Red Rangers team-up movie, which, you know, it was cool that it established RPM as part of the larger multiverse which we already kind of assumed, obviously. Um, but that would have been cooler if they were able to do more with, like, you know, the entire cast of RPM. But, you know, still. Uh, so anyway, we'll put Samurai... Well, we'll put Super Samurai higher than Samurai. We'll put it... We'll put it in... Do I want to put it in D tier? I think we'll put Super Samurai in C tier above season two <laughs> and then we'll put samurai proper in d tier below turbo i think that's fair also something i never understood never understood why the fuck they did this it made absolutely zero fucking sense when they launched samurai and they premiered it on nickelodeon they premiered it with episode three and we did not see the pilot episodes for almost an entire year I think the the pilot of Samurai aired at the end of at the end of the season as like a lost episode, and it's like, bitch, this is just the the first episode. And I remember the the excuses we heard that like, oh, Nickelodeon wanted something with like, you know, like all the action and shit, and it's like, dude, in the first episode, they do everything. They morph. They have a fight as rangers and they have a megazord fight they do all the toy shit in the first episode and then they do the megazord in the second episode like i don't get why they did that that absolutely that made absolutely no fucking sense and i feel like if they started it with origins i think the series overall would have been received better because by the time the 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 the, the the pilot aired it's like yeah everyone was already invested in the fucking show you know I, I don't know made absolutely no sense it's also funny that like physical media releases and the youtube uh uh versions of those episodes have antonio in the credits because it aired out of order and they never bothered editing a version of just the main five rangers it's just the the first two episodes of the season have Antonio in the intro for no reason. Yeah. Anyway. Uh Toto. Yes. Scott, your your team says hi. Classic. That's a classic line, isn't it? Alright. Moving on. I'm probably gonna have to go grab my water bottle at some point in the fridge. Because this coffee isn't, I don't think it's going to last. <laughs> All right. Now we are on Megaforce. Oh, man. Okay. Megaforce and Super Megaforce. 
Now, <laughs> I don't think I hate Megaforce and Super Megaforce as much as everyone seems to. Um, I understand where people are coming from. And, and like, even watching it at the time, um, I was definitely perplexed, bewildered at what exactly they were doing because they didn't seem to know what they were doing. <laughs> I think the the prospect of an MMPR homage as the 20th anniversary was a great idea. And I think Megaforce would, would have been perfect to do for two years and just do that. But then Gokaiger came out in 2011 and Saban just felt this pressure, this pressure from like everyone in the community that they had to use the Gokaiger suits for something for the 20th anniversary. They just had to use them. And it's like, you really didn't. You really didn't have to do that. You could have just done an MMPR homage with Megaforce and just the Gosager footage. And I think that would have been a gr better celebration of 20 years, if I'm honest. Because um, you still could have done the Ranger War. You still could have done that because the Gosagers are in that. The Gokaigers aren't in that footage. So you could have still had that all lead up to the Ranger War and just not <laughs> done Gokaiger yet. You could have repurposed it. Because here's the other thing. Saban didn't even like the theme, the the aesthetic, the, the pirates and all that shit. And that's like a lot of problems that with Saban and wanting to do... Wanting to do something and not giving a shit about trying to incorporate thematic elements of of the the footage they're using. They just wanted them to like use the suits and not have the writers give a shit that they were pirate themed and explain why that was. You know? Cause Megaforce on its own, I I enjoy, honestly. I think it has a lot of cool stuff in there. Robo Knight cool little cool little side character and all that stuff a lot of cool stuff in there and if they really if they really wanted to do the whole change into past ranger shit for the 20th anniversary right and do like a go kaiger type of adaptation they could have done that and what they could have done is the thing they were already doing with the card game which is use use ghost sager cards Use cards to turn into the past rangers. Like, you could just do that and then just cut to that footage if you really want to use Gokaiger footage so badly. They could have done the Gokai change stuff, but just with the cards, with the power cards. That would have just. That would have been a way better way of incorporating what they wanted to do in the show. Um, you know, the. The writers really tried their best. They re they really tried, but they were under so many stupid limitations from what they could do, and with just not having a clear direction, like they wanted to copy Sentai scripts, even if that didn't make sense for the characters, 
in the show because they were adapting two different Sentais and each team had a different, you know, had different character dynamics, you know, so I don't know, man. They they really tried. The writers tried. None of this was the writers' fault. It was the freaking producers and executives that got in the fucking way of the show uh, because they just couldn't decide on what they wanted. And so what they compromised on was something with a unclear direction that just was kind of a cop-out. And it just wasn't that great by the end of it. So... Um, uh, so where are we gonna put where were all that being said where the fuck are we putting megaforce on this list <laughs> i think we're gonna put megaforce in d tier we'll put it above samurai super megaforce we'll go below samurai and the thing about super megaforce is there is a lot of cool lore opportunities there. I want to know where the fuck the Ranger Keys came from. That's what I want to know. I want to know why Gosei had two separate, you know, Ranger sets of powers that he decided to just kind of collide with each other. Because I like, I have like a few head cannons in there, you know. I think somewhere out there and this is just because of like resources we have with sentai and stuff but i think because you know we have like the gosei green suit or whatever i think somewhere out in space there's a you know a green mega force ranger like regular mega force ranger that has a black ranger key that turns them into the super mega black ranger and at some point some point gosei got the keys mixed up and that's kind of like my headcanon for what happened with Jake. You know, that's why he goes from me- Mega Force Black to Super Mega Green. There's there's a there's an opposite of him at somewhere out in space cuz I want to know where the fuck these powers came from. Is is Gosei from Eltar? Cuz they never really explain where the fuck he came from. He just said he's of the Earth. And that Zordon is his mentor. So we don't know if him and Tenso are actually from Eltar or they're from somewhere else that we've never heard of before. So that is something I... Super Mega Force opened a lot of doors, especially with the introduction of the Preju teams, like the Preju Ranger teams, um, into the universe. Um, you know, it, it... You know, when it did that, it expanded you know the universe into you know larger things that we hadn't seen before um and the prospect of different alien rangers and all that stuff so i i like the pre-ju ranger teams being incorporated into that way and i i think that was a good way of using them if they were going to use the footage which they did that was a perfectly reasonable explanation not util- was it utilized to the best of, of their ability? No. They could have done so much cooler shit with it, but they just didn't because again, the the freaking thing was you know directionless. And yeah, uh Toto mentions the Armada, you know, they just fly around destroying planets. The Armada was a cool threat. I really enjoyed um how they incorporated rock into that. 
I wish we got to see more of a back and forth with Rock and Prince Vicar. Um, I don't think the two of them are ever on screen together. We just hear about them being siblings in passing. So that would have been really cool to see, you know? Um, I think that would have been a really cool element of, you know, the Armada and, like, the War Star aliens and all that stuff is to have that back and forth with uh, Vrak and Prince Vakar. Um, a lot of cool opportunities in there that they just kind of squandered, and we, we all know that, you know, that we, we've been down this road before. Uh, Moltor and Flurius did it better. That that is correct. Moltor and Flurius did do it better, even though they were they were fighting over a sled. That was, yeah. Uh, the Bosco suit. They could have used the Bosco suit. They could have. Um, that was a whole other thing that I think. Yeah, there there were a whole lot of could haves in Super Mega Force, and they just never did that. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, what? whatever. The past is the past. You know, all we can do is hope for a better future. So hopefully there's a comic one day. I would love a one-shot just kind of exploring the, you know, the whole thing with the Megaforce powers. I That's what I want. I want a one-shot about the Megaforce powers and where the fuck Gosei and Tenso came from. Because uh, I think someone mentioned earlier that they have uh, Orion's planet, Andresia, so maybe that's where they're from and we, they just didn't mention it to Orion or something. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Colin mentioned that Bosco's actor watched Super Megaforce and he was waiting for his counterpart to show up and he never did. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, yeah, Toto mentioned a Vrak and Vicar could get a good comic one shot. I would love that. I, I would love that. They, they've done a lot of cool... Um, one shots um, with villain backstories in the comics and so I would love to see one for Prince Vicar and Rock okay now moving on we are going to Dino Charge that's when we had the writer shift this was the first Ranger series with Becca Barnes and Owen Dale as head writers I think Chip was head was the head writer and Becca and Alwyn were assistants, assistant writers. I think they were interning or something. They had just gotten there. But I think Chip did a lot of the heavy lifting for the beginning of Dino Charge. This was also the first um, series Chip Lynn EP'd for after RPM. Because, you know, it was Jonathan Zatcher before. Um, big tone shift, I would say. Um, I, I think it did take itself a little bit more seriously. Um, and I, I, I think it, it definitely was a step in the right direction. I think, I think they got a little bit more focused during Dino Charge and we, we start to kind of see Power Rangers like get its footing again. So, um, Dino Charge proper, uh, you had the story of the... I don't think all of the Energems. I think it was just the main eight or nine. Does Tyler's dad show up in this half of the show? He does, right? Yes. Yes? No, no, no. He shows up in the second half. He shows up in Supercharge. Um, so, yeah. Dino Charge was really fun. 
It also came out around the same time as, um, like, just just barely after Kyoryuger, I think, because we skipped Go Busters at the time, which I was heartbroken about. Okay, Not Ultra says eight Energems. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, 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 because, yeah. Um, so you had that going on uh, with the, the Energems. Um the um overall like kind of story was shifting a little bit and it was just um a little bit more focused than it had been uh before this point um and i i really enjoy the first half of uh or i i enjoy dino charge uh i will say uh i don't rewatch it as much just because of what happens in supercharge it just kind of turns me off to the whole thing. But I will say, if I if I ever have to pick between watch Dino Charge or watch Dino Supercharge, I'm going to pick Dino Charge every time. Um, so I would put it... Dino Charge. I would put... Probably... I would probably put Dino Charge in C tier above Time Force, but below Alien Rangers. That's where I will put Dino Charge. Um, so now Dino Supercharge, on the other hand, that is where we kind of started to see a popular trend begin to happen with this team of writers or the writing team, including these people. So... The first half of these shows would start out super strong, have a really good, you know, like 20 episode arc kind of end on a mid season type of thing where like the show could end here, but it also leaves it open ended enough where they can just like pick up, you know, on stuff and, you know, do another thing. Um, but then the second half happens and it's just not as good it just is not as good uh this one did not have it had two rangers to add in it had aqua and the silver ranger stuff happening uh and i don't know man it just the episodes in dino supercharge just do not hit as well as uh the ones in dino charge did a lot more flops here a lot more um inconsistent focus a lot of B plots being treated as A plots. Uh, I th I think, you know, like things that shouldn't be really important in the episode, um, are more are treated more important than the you know the plot heavy stuff. And I think this was the beginning of like executive intervention for, you know, for the brand because a lot of people behind the scenes were were leaving. There was a lot of changing of the guard happening. Uh, behind the scenes, I think uh, Ellie Deacle, who was one of the main marketing people for the brand up until Dino Charge. I think Dino Charge is the year he left. Um, that's kind of when we started to see some more weird executive decisions being made and kind of like sort of inconsistencies happening in the show. So, and then that all culminates to um, the end of Extinction. Which, um, for me, 
is the worst Power Rangers finale ever. Period. I, I hate watching it. Um, when I first watched the end of Extinction, I was ready to be done with Power Rangers. This was like the closest I had ever been to quitting this show, quitting this franchise, being done, supporting any of it, and just leaving. Because I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing I have ever watched. And I cannot believe they wasted, like, like for me, it felt like I wasted two years of my time watching this show. I don't know. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't appreciate the whole time travel thing. Uh, I didn't appreciate making the Rangers lose by having their Earth get sucked into a black hole. Because even though they went back in time and created a new timeline, all those people on their original Earth still technically died because they got sucked into a black hole. So the Dino Charge Rangers lost. And not enough people talk about that. And it's really fucking dumb. And I, I hate, hate that so much. I thought it was such a dumb move. Um, I don't understand it. I will never understand it. People have tried justifying it to me. I do not get it. I hate it. It was a bad, it was a bad ending. It was a bad ending and I hate it. Dino Supercharge is going at the top or at the bottom. Bottom would imply it's worse than Jungle Fury, right? Yeah. Jun uh, Dino Supercharge is going in F tier. All the way at the bottom is the worst. I never want to revisit it, really. Um, obviously we're getting like the Dark Ranger and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't like Dino Supercharge at all. All right. Now Ninja Steel. Okay. Again, Ninja Steel started out really strong. A lot of people gave Ninja Steel a lot of shit and I, I wonder if any of it, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the 2017 movie was, um, coming out at the same time. So I think people were just kind of like done with it because um, they were just kind of ready for the reboot to happen. Um, but I actually really enjoy Ninja Steel on its own. I, I remember enjoying it every week, um, except for Duramonte. Those are the only two characters I consistently didn't like throughout the whole show. But I would say Ninja Steel did the best of adapting a 40 episode sentai into 22 pretty good episodes and i think they were able to consolidate a lot of the ninja you know points plot points and really make a cool 22 episode series of power rangers um yeah i i really enjoy ninja steel proper uh because it incorporated the you know, the other two uh, Red Rangers that Brody's dad and Mick get to morph into at the finale. Uh, you have, uh, Toto mentioned the Galaxy Warriors idea, you know, the game show thing. That was super cool. Um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Um, you even had some really great character focus episodes. I think Calvin gets like some of the best, and in Super Ninja Steel too, Calvin gets some of the best uh, character focus episodes of this era of Power Rangers. Uh, and I don't think enough people talk about that. Calvin gets some really good episodes uh, with really realistic fears and motivations for why he's doing these things. So I really like Ninja Steel proper. Um, 
I, I really enjoyed that. I Especially after Dino Supercharge, where I was getting ready to walk out, I, th I thought, okay, this is, this is actually fine. This is good right here. Um, so I will put Ninja Steel... We'll put it at the top of D. Yeah, we'll put it at the top of D. Top of D? Is Super Samurai better than Ninja Steel? Yeah, 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 it is. Okay, cool. So we have Super Ninja Steel now. Now, <laughs> so remember, I said Ninja Steel was great as a 22-episode season of Power Rangers. I felt like they could have done Ninja Steel for the 22 episodes and been done. Because Super Ninja Steel is... It's... There's no point to any of it at this point executive intervention was like at an all-time high they were meddling with the show to such a heavy degree that this was the most i want to say this is the most inconsequential season of power rangers ever because you know the rangers lose their powers at the end of ninja steel right only to get them back immediately in the first episode of Super Ninja Steel. And it's just... They try and have stuff with, like, the Galactic Ninjas and stuff. Like, little, like, plot lines. But Executive Intervention made them do, like, everything resets after each episode. And everything is so inconsequential. The only thing that has any weight in it is Dimensions in Danger. And that is so unfortunate. Because the entire season is only remembered for one 30-minute episode where a bunch of old rangers came back. That is it. Because hardly anything of importance character-wise happens with these people in Super Ninja Steel. Because they just like completely lost focus and just i don't know what happened here i don't know what executive got in there and fucked up everything but man they did a number on this production because this was such an inconsequential season of the show and that is so unfortunate like i remember watching this uh, this season every week as it aired i cannot tell you a single fucking thing that happens in it the only reason I remember the Galactic Ninjas thing is because I was going through clips of Ninja Steel a few weeks ago to do that morph call compilation I did on Twitter. That's the only reason I remember the Galactic Ninjas, because no one did fuck all in that season. And it's super annoying. So unfortunate. Um, we're going to put Super Ninja Steel is going to go in F tier. Um, I don't dislike it more it's just forgettable is the thing like i don't hate it as much as supercharge so i'm gonna put it in between jungle fury and dino supercharge that's where super ninja steel is gonna go okay so now man we have been at this for almost two hours holy shit man 
But let's be real. Were we expecting anything else? No, we aren't. No, we weren't. We weren't. How many people are here right now? I'm gonna... Sorry. I'm gonna look at the counter because I need to know how many people are watching the episode. Oh, we got seven people here. What's up, seven people? How y'all doing? <laughs> Alright. Um, so Beast Morphers. Here we go. Going into Beast Morphers, we're getting yet another transition kind of time. Um, so Beast Morphers Season 1. Uh, I liked Beast Morphers Season 1. Uh, again, it was it followed the same trend that Dino Charge and Ninja Steel did. They told their story in 22 episodes, and that was kind of it. Uh, the The plot points were fairly interesting, I think. You know, you had the avatars with Blaze and Roxy. Um, those were, those were good. You know, a, a lot, a lot of cool stuff happening in there. A lot of sameness because production hadn't totally shifted yet to Hasbro. You know, Saban Brands was still making this and it shifted to Hasbro, uh, Hasbro production like midway through. Um, so yeah, uh, cool stuff in here. Uh, uh, characters, I think were just a lot more charming, uh, this time around. Um, so f uh, for the first half of Beast Morphers season one, we will put it in C above. Do I like it more than Dino Charge? Yeah, I probably like it more than Dino Charge. If anything, just because they use the Go Buster suits. That's kind of. I was more excited about that, if I'm honest, that they use the Go Buster suits. Um, also, I put um, that picture of Fury Mode in there. Fury Mode was so cool, man. Why the fuck did they only do that for Season 1 and not for Season 2? Someone explain that to me. That was essentially... Um, what the fuck is his name? I know his real name, Rory Travis. What the fuck is his character name? Ah! Whatever. What is it? Devin. Devin. <laughs> That's what it is. Um... That was essentially Devin's Battleizer, and it just gets totally nuked, and he can't use it after season one. Um, but then again, that, that happens with a lot of stuff in this show. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really disappointing. That was such a cool power-up mode, because we I don't think we had really gotten a proper American Battleizer in forever, like a lot of the stuff we were using was stuff Japan had made. Um... But yeah, I thought it was really cool. I'm disappointed it got nixed so early in the show. Uh, now, Beast Morphers Season 2, uh, again, follows the same trend as the previous seasons, where the second half of the show just is not as good. It just is not as good. Um, Toto said, I was confused. Was Beast Morphers part of the main universe or another universe? Beast Morphers was part of the main universe. It was in the, yeah, it was in the central universe with, like, Mighty Morphin and all that stuff. I, I know some people, like, think Beast Morphers is, is in its own continuity, but I don't pay them any mind because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, if, if all of these people know about Rita Repulsa and all that stuff, it makes sense for them, for everything to take place in the main universe. Um... 
so season two of Beast Morphers continues the like like I said continues the trend, where the second half of the season just is not as good as the first half. Um, doing executive intervention again, you know. Um, why did they bother? Why did they bother? nixing the avatars for blaze and roxy to replace them with robots that's what i didn't get because regular blaze and roxy who in the pilot are supposed to be the red and yellow rangers don't do anything not a single fucking thing of importance in season two of beast morphers they don't do anything Roxy maybe helps evacuate something at the end of the show. That's it. And I don't understand that. That made no fucking sense. I don't get why they did that. They wanted the episodes to be more episodic and one-off and all that stuff. So they introduced the robot clones. I guess. So that was... Yeah, disappointing. Uh, it started out strong, though. I will say the the was it the second half? It was the second half of the season where I think uh, Sheriff, not Sheriff Skyfire, um, Joe Chaku, Mister Joe Chaku, uh, shows up. Um, I did not expect to like all that stuff uh, as much as I did when I heard that we were going to be adapting Gavin into beast morphers i was like oh my god oh my god this is gonna this is gonna be rough um but he ended up actually being one of my favorite parts of beast morphers um because his whole little arc that he had right before leading up to grid connection and the ranger vault and all that stuff really great stuff um it did begin to kind of have this kind of discussion that i really didn't like the show was having where Because you're a robot, you can't, you can't accept yourself and just be happy being who you are. Um, it was such a contrary message because like the stuff with like Chaku and with Steel and like being robots who wanted to be human in Chaku's case, wanting to be human again, um, was so weird because like i feel like in other seasons and even i think megaforce does this where like they spend part of their season like trying to show robo knight right like humanity and what that is and how he can experience that um even though he's a robot he, he can still experience that humanity and understand why humans protect the earth and do all this stuff so we have like stuff like that happening with robo knight right but then we have kind of like the opposite thing happening with in like beast morphers where it's just like they talk about like humanity and stuff but they're just like yeah humanity is great but too bad you can't possibly understand it because you're a robot like there's no way you will ever be able to understand this and how it and how complex it is and and love this so 
I don't know. It just felt very con contrary to like the message Power Rangers typically tries to send, where it's like accepting yourself and just being proud of who you are. It just kind of like felt like it was sending the opposite message, where it was just like try and fit in with everyone else because you won't know. I don't know. You don't understand what it's like. I, I don't know. It, it was really weird. So. Uh, and then it has grid connection, which is just bad. Grid connection is the worst thing that has ever happened in the show. It was fucking stupid. It was a waste of time. I don't know why the fuck they did that. Um, are we going to put it in F tier? Probably. It's probably going to go in F tier, guys. I'm going to be honest. Uh, above, it's still going to go. It's going to go between Super Ninja Steel and above Dino Supercharge. Cool. That's where season two is going. Okay, last two. We're at the home stretch. It only took two hours, but we're here, guys. We're here. Holy shit. <laughs> so now we're at Dino Fury Season 1. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't fuck with Dino Fury really at all. But I feel like my life is so freaking contrary to that i don't know like i feel like i've been allowed so many cool opportunities recently because of dino fury and it's so strange because like i really don't vibe with the show overall i would say but its existence has really like allotted a lot of cool opportunities for me recently and that's like i don't know it's hard like separating the 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 two um yeah so that that's been kind of an interesting experience for me um but i'll tell you guys for sure uh cuz dino fury season 1 was the last season to air on nick and i got to tell you guys when it was airing live i was not fucking with this show at all i was really upset with it i feel like i felt like it was like bad and i think part of it was um because i think this aired only i think it year it aired the year after ryu soldier and for those unfamiliar i dropped ryu soldier at after episode 32 after they killed off um guys yeah, after they killed off him, I got frustrated with the show and dropped it. And I just had a really bad taste in my mouth with that show. And I think some of those negative feelings kind of carried over into Dino Fury. Um, even though Dino Fury was doing nothing uh, like what Ryu Soldier did, I think Dino Fury overall was more interesting <clears throat> than Ryu Soldier was. Um, and so I think at that point in in my life i was just like watching the show and i was just like i was kind of like hate watching it if i'm honest um i don't hate it as much in retrospect or in hindsight uh and then it also had the benefit of doing what they did with izzy and i izzy just means so much to finally have a canonically queer character in the show you know, um, so there is a bit of a queer bias in there. 
So I do appreciate Izzy because for all the problems I had with Dino Fury as a show and like for some of the shortcomings that it did have, um, Izzy is the thing Power Rangers Dino Fury always got right. That Izzy, Izzy as a character is someone they got right every time. And I really appreciate the writers and just everyone behind the scenes for, and Tessa for just really going all out to do that and get that representation right on the first try. Because they really could have just really phoned it in and just been like, this is a thing we're doing. Isn't it great that we're doing this thing? And there was some of that, obviously, from the community. And that's just because people are excited uh, to see themselves represented. But it was just nice that there was so much care put into Izzy as a character. And that's something about Dino Fury I truly, truly appreciate. And it means the world to me that the first queer, uh, the first queer character in the show got that kind of treatment. And I hope, um, you know, future queer characters can get, you know, that same level of care and not, you know, be treated as a token um, character of diversity, like I feel like is the case for a lot of queer characters in superhero properties. Um, So yeah, Um, so as far as Dino Fury season one, um, I think we'll put it at the bottom of D tier because I think I still like Megaforce Samurai and Super Megaforce more, if I'm honest. Because <laughs> the, the thing about Dino Fury is I haven't really gone back and rewatched a lot of it. Because there's some parts in it that just annoy me. Mostly anything to do with Ollie just kind of bugs the fuck out of me. And I kind of can't get past it. So I think Dino Fury is going to go there. Like season one will go right there. And as far as season two... Now, as far as season two, I don't think... I think the trend of the second season being worse than the season before kind of ended here. Because I did notice them kind of, like, change direction a little bit. And there there did get to be... A little bit more serious moments and stuff. And this was kind of when they started incorporating the Morphin Masters more into the story. And that was stuff I really enjoyed. Um, A lot of the lore stuff in Dino Fury is what I like the most about it. More so than just kind of the show in general. Uh, So like the I like the inclusion of the Morphin Masters and all that stuff. And how they created certain Ranger powers and all that stuff. Like the Prism and uh, the Energems, the Dino Gems, all that stuff. Um, so I like all the lore stuff they did with the Morphin Masters in these seasons. Um, and then even explaining the Legend War with the Rangers. Um, that was cool too. Uh, just finding out Master Green has been kind of pulling some strings, uh, you know, uh, behind our backs for like 20, 30 years. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, Lord Zed coming back. I was not hot on that. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. It's still a thing gonna be a thing in cosmic fury it's whatever i kind of made my peace with it at this point um i don't think it was a thing they really needed to do i feel like it was a thing they felt pressured that they had to do um 
to kind of have some kind of nostalgia tie-in uh, to MMPR. And uh, I don't know. I feel like they could have told the story they wanted to tell with Zed with another original American villain. So, I don't know. Uh, and, and then also his voice and great. Uh, I know Robert Axelrod died in 2019. Um, but I... I feel like the performance, like, it wasn't even, like, it just sounded like Evox again. So, uh, from my understanding, the voice actor has changed for Cosmic Fury, so we'll see what that sounds like once that happens. But, um, yeah. Uh, the stuff with him is just kind of random. It just kind of ends in Dino Fury Season 2. And uh, you just kind of find out he escapes at the end. And the conflict resolution at the end of season two of Dino Fury just, I mean, it's whatever, like, I don't know, like, I feel like Void Queen got pretty fucking crazy, and I really felt like she should have gotten a lot more consequences for doing what she did and her and Tarek if I'm honest it made no sense because Tarek's turn from bad to good was not very good it was very like kind of random and I remember when it happened Zato is like really angry at Tarek because he's like you've been trying to kill us for months and now all of a sudden you want to be good and it's like yes you are perfectly justified in feeling that way. Meanwhile, the rest of his team is going like, well, Zato, maybe we maybe we need to calm down. It's like, no, we don't need to calm down. This guy's been trying to kill you. And, like, especially the, once he, like, explained that he was trying to energize the Sporex to, like, revive Void Queen. I can't remember her real name. Uh It starts with an S. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, Santora. Yes, Santora. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's her name. That's her name. That's her name. Okay. To revive her. And, like, he goes to all these lengths, but it's just like, dude, you're being evil while you do it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Like, the motivations were really weird and just kind of, like, they wrote them... It's kind of like, the way I kind of see it is they laid out the, you know, stages of the character they they wanted the characters to be at, right? At certain points in the show. And regardless of how much they had set up or how much exposition had been had, when that episode happened, that switch was happening with the character. And that's, that was their motivations now. And that's kind of where they were. So the evolution of those characters to those points weren't as smooth as they could have been. So, yeah. It was kind of weird. Um, and also, there was just a couple weird moments, too. Um, uh, Rafcon fucking explodes and is destroyed right in front of Zato and Ion and they grieve about that for a grand total of like 
two minutes before they teleport back to Earth and Ion is cracking jokes in front of Zed. So the, there's weird, awkward character moments where, like, it, it's like inconsistencies in tone. Where, like, they want to do something serious, but they're kind of, like, counteracting the serious thing that they're doing with comedy. And it kind of, like, cancels it out. And it kind of, like, takes you out of it. And instead of being, like, immersed in, like, the drama or the seriousness of the situation that they're in, um, you know, they crack a joke. And so you're just, like, for me, it would, it would like, take me out of it. I feel like there were a lot of moments like that in Dino Fury Season 2. Some in Dino Fury 2, if I'm honest. So, as far as placement... Oh, and then the... So, sorry. The ending... They did not know, for sure, when they filmed that, that they were getting picked up for Cosmic Fury yet. Simon has confirmed that. They were not sure if they were going to get picked up yet. So that was a really risky fucking move they did, ending Dino Fury Season 2 the way they did. Because if we didn't get Cosmic Fury, that would have been the end of the show. And that would have been fucking whack, dude. But they're, they're lucky. They got lucky. Um, so anyway, Season 2 of Dino Fury, I think I like it less than Dino Fury proper. I think it's going to go in D tier along with Dino Fury Season 1. But it's going to go below Dino Fury. So, so there it is, you guys. There is the tier list. There we go. Let, let's let's run it down for my audio listeners. If you are still listening to this, let's go over it. Let's get into it. So coming in at S tier in first place, we have RPM. Then we have Space, Dino Thunder, Ninja Storm, and SPD. Coming in at A tier, we have Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Season Three and Lost Galaxy. Coming in at B tier, we have Wild Force, Mystic Force, Lightspeed Rescue, and Mighty Morphin Season 1. Coming in at C tier, we have Alien Rangers, Beast Morphers Season 1, Dino Charge, Time Force, Zeo, Super Samurai, and MMPR Season 2. And then in D tier, we have Ninja Steel, Overdrive, Turbo, Megaforce, Samurai, Super Megaforce, Dino Fury Season 1 and 2. And then in F tier, we have Jungle Fury, Super Ninja Steel, uh, Dino, or Beast Morpher Season 2, and Dino Supercharge all the way at the bottom. So that's it, you guys. That's the whole thing. That's 30 seasons of... Or, seasons again alien rangers just made it 30 <laughs> but that's 30 seasons of power rangers ranked man uh it took a minute but we got there and i hope you guys enjoyed the journey um i don't know if you guys have been tagging me on your tier lists at all um on twitter let me pull up twitter in the tab that is not on that screen so that way we don't accidentally see something on my stream that we're not supposed to see um Uh oh. Did it save? It didn't. I had a tweet up and I fucked it up. Okay, so Not Ultra did his homework and turned it in. Uh, let's go over Not Ultra's 
Uh, just because, um, we'll just, can I just, what the fuck? Hello? Where'd you go? Get over here. Get back in there! Okay. Uh, so let, let's see where Not Ultra has everything. Uh, he's got RPM and S tier, SPD and S tier, A tier. He has Jungle Fury, Time Force, Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder, Space, and Dino Charge. B tier, we have Light Speed, Mystic Force, Season 3 of MPR, Overdrive. Yeah, Overdrive pretty high. That's, that's surprising. That's nice to see. Uh, <laughs> Wild Force, Samurai. Cool. Uh, C tier, he's got Lost Galaxy, Beast Morpher Season 1, Turbo, Zeo, and season two of MMPR. D tier, he's got Megaforce and season one of MMPR. F tier, he's got Ninja Steel and Will I, <laughs> a separate tier, Will I Ever Finish? Maybe someday. He's got Dino Fury, so he hasn't <laughs> watched Dino Fury at all, so that's fair. Um, cool. Thank you for doing that and following along. Um, if you guys, if any of you guys were doing that as well, feel free to send those. Um, my way and um, if uh, I see them after the show I'll try retweeting some of them so that way we can just uh, see how that's going um, so yeah man I think that's that's all for that so let's go ahead and switch back to just me hi everyone Okay, so I mentioned at the top of the show that we're doing a giveaway, yeah? Yeah, we're going to be doing a giveaway. So it's Power Month. You know, we're all celebrating in different ways. I feel like I haven't done nearly as much as I did. I feel like I went really hard on Power Month last year because I did, like, whole-ass threads on season. And, 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 I mean, I guess you can't really say that. I just spent two hours ranking Power Ranger seasons. So I guess I'm going hard enough for power month this year um but yeah man we're, we're gonna be doing a giveaway for power month so um i will post a tweet after the show with all of the rules and all of the things that you guys need to enter this giveaway i am going to be giving away a lightning collection blue centurion figure and a Lightning Collection uh, Silver Space Ranger with the Silver Cycle. So the Deluxe Wave 2 or 3, whichever one it is. Um, but yeah, I'm giving away one of those each. We're doing a separate giveaway for each. So the way you guys will enter that is when I tweet out uh, the, the, you know, the announcement on Twitter, um, it's going to have a link to two Google Forms. And it's going to have a separate Google form for each um, figure. So basically, the rules of the contest, uh, it's going to be restricted to the U.S. only. Just because shipping is a bitch right now, you guys. It, like Shipping has not really recovered from the pandemic still. And shipping prices are just egregious. So unfortunately, I can only do the U.S. And so the rules are basically going to be, uh, you need to be following me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Um, any one of those is fine, at least one. Uh, but you will get an extra entry if you follow me on multiple. And if you're already doing that, um, you just, um, I'll, I'll go over that in a minute. Um, 
you also need to be subscribed to this YouTube channel. I've looked at the analytics page and there's surprisingly a lot of you that are not subscribed to the channel still. So if you are catching this, uh, make sure you are subscribed to this YouTube channel because that's that will uh, let me make sure that you are entered into the giveaway. And the last step for this, uh, to enter this giveaway, you need to submit a review of of this of the show, the podcast, Friday Night Chill with Will, on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other podcast hosts that I have available for the show. Um, so I think that means Audible, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, uh, what's the other one? There's a handful. Regardless, it's it's the pinned, it's the pinned tweet on my page. Um, so just go onto the pinned tweet. You can find whatever you know podcast host that you want, and just leave a review. I don't care what kind of review you leave, just leave one, and then you're gonna take a screenshot of that. Okay. So on the Google form, you're gonna submit your usernames, what platforms you follow me on. And then in the second half of the form, you're going to submit a screenshot of your review on either Google Podcasts or any of the other freaking podcast hosts. That was the other one I was thinking of, was Google Podcasts. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, whatever you reviewed it on, whatever podcast host you reviewed it on, just submit a screenshot onto the Google form and then put your usernames in the platform and all that stuff. Hit submit, and then you're entered. I'm going to be... Uh, picking a winner on live on the show on August 25th. So right before Power Ranger Day, I want to get it out to you. Hopefully the weekend before. I don't know if it will get to you by Power Ranger Day, but um, I will at least get it out to you before then. So yeah, man, those are going to be the terms for that. Oh, I have the I have the thing open right here. That's that's what the Google form is going to look like. I have one of these for. Each of them, this is the one for Blue Centurion. You'll put your username, the platform, all that stuff. Oh, you're not even looking at that. I had it on this screen in OBS. There we go. See, like, now, now you can see it. So that's what the Google form looks like. So has all the rules, all that stuff, all the things to fill out. It's just two sections, so really easy. Uh, just do it for whichever figure you want, and um, we'll pick it out live on uh, August 25th, man. So yeah, uh, that'll be it. Um, yeah, best of luck to you all. I hope uh, one of you that really wants it gets it. So I think we're going to end the show here, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this. Um, uh, I really appreciate this. This is the longest episode of the show we've ever done. So that's cool. Breaking records uh, for episode 10. So that's fun. Uh, thanks so much for watching, you guys. I really do truly appreciate it. And I'll uh, see you next week for another Friday Night Chill. <laughs>